it was easy for me to take what I had learned with the Walmart shopper stuff. And what I found was that I could directly apply the stuff that I was paying these huge digital vendors for. I could apply all of that to Facebook and Instagram. Hey, I'm Blake. And this is the Content Plus Commerce Podcast, presented by Engine Ecommerce, the only podcast for people building successful online stores. From agency life to being a lone freelancer, we'll be bringing you weekly content full of best practices and in-the-trenches advice. Hey guys, this is Blake with Engine, uh, back for another good episode of Content Plus Commerce. Today, I've got Nathan Otwell of Shopanova with me. How are you today, Nathan? Doing good, doing good. Awesome. So... Let's start off this episode with every other episode of, of Content Plus Commerce does. We're going to ask you to tell me about your agency, give me a little background on kind of how you came to this point and how you founded it, all that good stuff. Sure. Um, so my background, whenever I first got out of college, I started with Walmart shopping marketing here in Benville, Arkansas. I was with, a, uh, I was with an agency that solely marketed for the Walmart shopper for supplier brands. I was dead. I was on the team that was dedicated to an energizer personal care brand group. And uh, we had about a five to $10 million annual budget for all of their brands. Um, you know, if you see them in stores like Schick, uh, Edge Pro Gel, Skin to Mint for Women, um, all of their personal care brands are in that aisle pretty much. And what our task was on that team was to get somebody from the parking lot to buying those things in Walmart, getting it off the shelf, getting it in their car, figuring out what that path looked like. Uh, from that point, when that team, that team was kind of phased out. And so whenever I was looking for uh, other opportunities in the area, I was hit up by a local entrepreneur that was talking to me about his company and how they do like Facebook ads and Instagram ads and it's all social media and how, you know, that's the future of everything. And it sounded really interesting to me. Um, and it was one of those things that I jumped on that opportunity, got with him and it was easy for me to take what I had learned with the Walmart shopper stuff. And what I found was that I could directly apply the stuff that I was paying these huge digital vendors for. I could apply all of that to Facebook and Instagram and for pennies compared to what I was paying them. And uh, I just got to where I found concepts and I found applications and I found things that I could do on social that was directly applicable to the small business, the middle level business that we were doing for corporate suppliers, for people making, you know, eight figures a year, stuff like that. Um, so I did that for a little bit and I bounced around agency to agency. Um, one of the things that I always wanted was I wanted to get back to retail. I wanted to get back to those Walmart shop marketing roots. Um, with the Facebook and Instagram ads, a lot of it you'll see in the small business arena. You'll see it with, uh, you know, real estate. You'll see it with car dealerships. You'll see it with, you know, virtually any business that's local probably has a Facebook page. They probably have an Instagram business account or the people that work there do. And um, that's typically what people think of when they think of Facebook and Instagram ads. But big brands can actually use 
in Facebook and Instagram ads the same way that they would buy any other type of media for, you know, print, for digital, whatever. Everybody, every, every big brand out there has to, has to make content and they has, have to make creative for huge campaigns. And all of this creative can be easily repurposed and thrown up on social and they can make, you know, sometimes 10 times more than what they were doing with traditional forms of media. Um, so fast forward to today, I uh, got hooked up with these two guys up in Alaska, the Danny and Robbie, they own the, uh, shop Nova agency and we're totally geared towards e-commerce. Uh, we typically work with brands that have Shopify stores and these stores are typically doing anywhere between 10,000 all the way up to $150,000 a month in revenue. And our sole purpose is to come up with strategic efforts of driving traffic on social to their stores, creating purchases, making that path, making that path to purchase that consumer funnel. So um, yeah, it's been quite a ride. Yeah, it's, it sounds super interesting. Like the, the take that you have from kind of corporate world big money spending in old traditional methods and then bringing some of that knowledge into like the more nimble D to C it's, it's a unique background. Like it's a unique perspective. You hear a lot of people going the opposite direction. Like as they get disillusioned or tired with like small companies and that hustle and bustle, you don't often hear people the other way. So like that, I think that you bring like a unique skill set um, to the table and like to, to this podcast for sure. So uh, let's, specifically focus on like D to C paid media campaigns. Talk to me about your agency's go-to tools outside of the standard, like Facebook business manager. Sure. Um, I would say that like we were talking about earlier, Blake, uh, my go-to tool for especially like path to purchase and consumer funnels is Hotjar. It's a, uh, if you're not familiar with that, it's a software that basically tracks all of the interaction and all of the traffic that comes onto your store whether it's the homepage, collection page, product page. Um, it tracks, you know, where people are clicking, what the number of clicks are, you know, which, uh, which pages might have had the most traffic that day, which products might have had the most traffic that day. And it really gives you a clear picture of what the consumer funnel is looking like. And it also gives you a clear picture of what you need to adjust, what you need to fix. You know, if... Uh, let's say your drop-off is like 60% between your collection page and your product pages. Well, that means that your collection page isn't converting very well. So then we start to talk about, you know, what is it about the collection page that's not converting? Is it the buttons? Is it the text? Is it the headlines? Is it, you know, less copy, more copy? What is it? Um, so that's probably my favorite tool when it comes to like optimizing the path to purchase on e-commerce. Yeah. One of the things that um, I love about Hotjar 2 is their heat maps and being able to see like what areas of your site are getting clicks and not getting, getting clicks. And there's a, uh, there's like a super applicable story from World War II about this that I always like to make the connection. And it was that when uh, like bombers were coming back and landing, the engineers were looking at the planes and saying, okay, where are the bullet holes? Um, and like, why, why are these planes making it back or not making back? And, and some of the engineers are like, well, we need to strap uh, more armor on the bullet holes because that's where they're getting shot at. 
And there was another engineer that was like, no, no, no. What you need to do is you need to reinforce the areas that don't have any bullet holes because those are the planes that are getting shot down. Mm -hmm. And that's like the same way that I look at heat maps. Like you look at the areas that are not getting clicks and say, how can we fix the areas that are getting ignored rather than let's look at all these areas of activity, how to make them perform better. Mm -hmm. like, look for the dark areas in your heat maps and find out like where stuff is going wrong and fix that. Agreed. I like that. I like that a lot. I remember that story too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, now this is my favorite part of every content plus commerce episode. Give me your best, like uh, me or my agency got to be a hero story. So I would say we just had it actually. Um, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, obviously are the biggest times for e-commerce. Um, it's it's really that four day period where you can capture anybody that's been looking at your store or looking at your ads or, you know, whatever the case may be, you can really capture them with a good offer. You know, I always use the example that, uh, uh, from my personal perspective, I, my first pair of Cole Hahn shoes I bought on black Friday because they were 50% off. Mm -hmm. I've been looking at these shoes for a long time. Uh, my wife likes them. She pointed them out to me in the store. They're expensive, man. Uh, but I get an ad on Facebook that says they're 50% off. You know, that's more in the area that I'd like to spend. So I start going in there, shopping around, get me a pair of shoes, and they're my favorite boots. I wear them all the time. Uh, that, that power that we have on Facebook and Instagram translated to this brain that we had uh, this past Black Friday, Cyber Monday, it is a retail toy store that focuses on more stylish toys. Uh, I say stylish because they're more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what's great about these toys though, is that they are curated by educators. They're picked out by educators. They have a team of buyers that used to be teachers. And all these teacher buyers basically go and find these toy brands that focus on skill building and learning at a very young age and focusing on how playing as a, as a kid, as a child, influences your skill building. And so what they've done is they've basically curated all of these toys in this retail store, online retail store, that is 100% geared towards the development of a child rather than you know, screen time or keeping them occupied. It's more about getting them interactive and playing and stuff like that. And like I said, their toys are a little bit more expensive. So it's a, it's a certain person that's going to buy these toys. We have to niche it out. We have to find the exact funnel and the path to purchase that we really want. We have to go find the people that we know would be interested in this. Facebook targeting is great for something like that. And uh, we've really drilled out their funnel over the last two to three months, but Black Friday, Cyber Monday come around and they were generous enough to offer 40% off their entire store, which is a great offer um, for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And what we did, we spent, let's see, we spent $6,500 between Friday and Monday. And on Facebook alone, we generated $30,000 worth of sales. Over the four-month or four-day period, sorry, over the four-day period, their total store sales were one hundred thirty thousand. That's nuts. Over four That's days. That's fantastic. Last year, 
their Black Friday Cyber Monday total for four days was 18000 Wow. So they went from an $18,000 a year on Black Friday Cyber Monday to $130,000 a year. Um, we had a five, yeah, we had a five X return on ad spend. We had about 14,000 product views. So with Facebook, they have event codes that you can stick on your stores and stuff like that. Kind of tracks like what people are doing on the store. And one of those events is a view content. And when you get that view content event, what that means is that somebody viewed a product page. So we had 14,000 people that viewed a product page over four days. What's great about that is that even if they didn't buy, we've got them in our funnel and we can keep marketing to them over and over and over again. So that was definitely a hero moment for sure. Yeah, yeah. Now you have that whole like captive audience that you can retarget. And then come next Black Friday, you have an audience primed and ready that people that missed out, you can hit them up and have that and ad copy. Time, yeah, that ad copy. Toys. Hey, don't miss out again. Yeah, that is phenomenal. I, I love hero stories that have actual data and kind of like the, the guts to back it up. We don't have that super often, so I appreciate you being like transparent with that because Absolutely. that just speaks to the, the power of paid social and just how it can impact um, like the entire e-com experience and then what you can do with all of the data that you capture later. Like it's not a one-time spend. A lot of people look at their ad spend on, hey, I'm spending X amount this month and that's what I get for this month. Like mm -hmm. the reality is, is you're building an audience, you're building up this retargeting set. So think of it more like an investment rather than just spending cash for a, for a month on month sure. basis. So let's, let's talk about kind of like your topic now, like get on your soapbox of, of D2C paid media and I will just step back from the mic and let you talk about whatever you want to. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always, whenever I talk about paid media, especially for, you know, online stores or small business, middle business, you know, whatever the case may be, even, you know, lately I've been trying to kind of pioneer for the big brands and suppliers in the area. But what I always talk about is, you know, back in like 1985, 1990, if you wanted to open up a store, you needed a building, you needed a physical location, and that physical location was going to, was going to determine your success by and large. Um, and the reason being is because you needed feet in the door. You needed people coming through your door. That's traffic. Now, the average American can get a store up, something that they are passionate about, something that they've learned about, something that they've researched, they can make a store from their, you know, passion and desires, and they can put it online. The Facebook and Instagram is the equivalent of dropping this physical location store into the largest shopping mall in America. And that's, that, that's literally like if you, if you were going to describe the power of Facebook and Instagram ads, there are on average, I think it's like, it's 2 billion across the world, but I think in the U.S. alone, it's like, it's somewhere in the realm of uh, half a billion or something like that daily on Facebook and Instagram. Um, if you check your phone, you can, you can check your screen time and you can check how many hours a day you're on social. <laughs> and I encourage everybody that's, you know, in this online e-commerce world to get on their phone and look at how many hours a week they're on their social platforms and then multiply that by the U S population because everybody's on social. And what's great 
or what other people have argued not so great about the Facebook ads platform is that everybody that, that has something to sell typically has a Facebook business page. They've got an Instagram business profile. They've got a website. When you put your pixel coding onto your store, onto your website or anything like that, what you're doing is you're making this agreement with Facebook that not only are you going to be able to make retarget audiences and not only are you going to be able to track what's going on from your social traffic, but you're also giving all that data to Facebook. Mm -hmm. And Facebook is this huge hub of data. And it's been in the news. It's been put in on display in front of Congress and everything else. But it's this huge hub of data. And it, I mean, you think of it, what I, the way that I describe it visually is kind of like a brain that has synopses everywhere. It connects to all the parts of the body and everything like that. Facebook is that brain that is connected to everything on the interwebs, essentially. And when this pixel coding is attached to websites and it's attached to stores or, you know, online forms or whatever the case may be, what you are doing when you're going from Facebook to these places on the internet is you're telling Facebook that you're interested in these things. And Facebook is lumping you in this audience of people. And as an advertiser, I can go and target you because of the stuff that you're doing off Facebook. This is something that, like when, it, when we talk about the power of Facebook and Instagram ads, that's really the power of it, is being able to drill down your audience and being able to craft messaging that is that you know on the back end is exactly what these people are looking for because Facebook is telling you that they're already looking for it. And, I mean, you know, you hear all the jokes about how, you know, if you think about something or if you, if you just communicate it to somebody, all of a sudden it starts to pop up on your feed and stuff like that. You know, I, I don't really, I, I like it. It's great for me as an advertiser because whatever their algorithm is doing, it's working. It's getting the right content in front of people every single day. And as much as it might creep people out, it also 100% tailors the experience towards that consumer. And so as an e-commerce online store owner, you can 100% tailor the shopping experience as well. And so what I always talk about is that personal shopping experience is what every consumer in America wants. You go into physical retail places right now and their inventory is low because they, they don't have the purchasing power that they used to have because all these online retailers are crafting 100% custom shopping experiences getting them to buy online. You can order in your pajamas. It shows up exactly the way you want it and you don't have to mess with a crowd. So the only way to build a business on that platform though is with traffic. And the best way to get the traffic, in my opinion, in my professional opinion, after seeing many different forms of media is on social. Yep, I I completely agree with you wholeheartedly. It, when it comes down to targeted advertising, the question I always ask people that that seem to complain or that say, "Oh, I I, I said this thing that showed up in my feed," is 
isn't that what you want? Wouldn't you rather have advertising that's exactly the things that you would like to buy? Would you rather be seeing junk or like a Sky Mall catalog that has 10,000 things in it that you're never going to buy? Um, having this curated feed of stuff that I might purchase is way more interesting to me as a shopper. Exactly. And then from the branding perspective and from engines kind of platform perspective, the power of retargeting and the power of loading your product feed into Facebook and having those carousel display ads is a core foundational part of any brand selling online. Like it's, if you do not have your product feed loaded into Facebook and if you're not doing some sort of rudimentary retargeting, you are missing out on so much revenue and so much kind of uh, potential sales there. So we'll close out with this last question and, and what's something coming in paid social in the next year, year and a half that you think might catch people by surprise? I think that two things. I think you're going to start seeing a whole lot of bigger brains getting into it. I think you're going to start seeing more like national retail suppliers getting on, getting on board um, and then maybe not in a year and a half, maybe three to five years, I really do think we're going to get into some virtual reality stuff. I think that eventually we're going to be able to see a storefront with VR goggles or something like that. Um, I think there's, there's going to be, everybody's always trying to make, even Walmart right now is trying their initiative right now is convenience. It's beating Amazon at their own game. It's, you know, store pickup instead of two-day shipping. It's pick it up. Well, I think that pushing that envelope year after year after year, you know, big players like Walmart keep pushing the envelope. It's going to evolve into, you know, we're, we're basically going to have virtual malls. And then I think that that maybe not in a year and a half, but maybe three to five years, I think we're going to start to see that kind of develop. Yeah, but I would say short term, we're going to see some bigger players for sure. I definitely think we were in that kind of Palm Pilot era of VR right now, mm -hmm. and what we're missing is like the the iPad that mm -hmm. is the consumer level like game changer for VR, and that's I think when we're going to see this VR AR shopping explode. I know that Walmart Labs is working on it. Shopify has a lot of different fingers into it. Engine has looked at things with with VR and like WebGL shopping, so it's coming. It's just a matter of years at this point. Exactly. And I think that, you know, talking to, talking to more and more people in the uh, e-com space, everything is geared towards the content because as a shopper, you know, the one clear missing piece is that I can't touch it. I can't see it. I can't feel it. So I really hope what I'm getting in the mail is what I want. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, and so content these days is so huge because you need more, you need all the angles you need, you know, super high quality, you know, uh, very, very, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Very coarse looking content that shows, you know, the feel of something It shows the pattern of something up close and personal. You know, if you can zoom up on the content, all of a sudden you see that it's, more of like a crosshatch yep. instead of a solid or something like that. Like there's there's a, a big a big initiative right now in ecom to get this really high quality content, more content on your product mm -hmm. pages, on your collection pages that really gives that almost virtual 
Yeah, it's it. the idea of giving like virtual texture mm-hmm. and being able to feel texture. it without being able for. to be able to touch it. So this was a phenomenal episode. Thank you for joining us on the Content Plus Commerce podcast today. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe. Also, if you'd like to talk to Engine about our agency partner program, then visit enginecommerce.com slash agency.